0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, we thank you for the privilege to hear when I pray that grant me utterance, that I may boldly speak the mysteries of the kingdom, for the nourishment of your people, for the conviction of sins, for the healing of sicknesses, for the delivering of captives, for setting free captives, for glorifying your name and edifying your people. I pray that, Lord, as we hear your word, take us into chambers in your word, which only you, Holy Spirit can do. Spirit of God, reveal Christ to us through the teaching of God's word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I, I want to talk more about the high priest. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are... Copies of the, the true, but into heaven itself, not to appear. So into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. He has gone to appear for us. That's cool, man. So you have somebody before God for you. His main job is to be there. He has appeared before, entered into heaven, appeared before God for us. For us. Who are the us? It's talking about his people, the Christians. He has appeared before God for us. Anytime you read the New Testament and come across the word us or we or um us, we uh um, so for instance, so if God be for us, if God who can be again, we are the chosen generation. The we, the us, is talking about Christians. It's not all human beings. Just talking about those who are in Christ. Those who have been called by God. God has sought to give him acceptable worship. Who are working with God. He says that he, Christ. Alright. So Christ, we are the us of Christ. So usually you come across, he says that uh, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Alright. So uh, uh, it, and it always distinguishes between Us and them. Us and them. That them are the rest of humanity. Now, so long as God is concerned, there are two categories of human beings. Two categories. First category is those who were the created race. Two categories or two races. The created race in Adam. And then the second category is the called out race he called Abraham so that he can start a race. So called out race and those we are called out race we are in Christ. So you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. Once you are born, every human being was born in Adam. And Bible says that in Adam all died. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. In Adam all died. So as in Adam all died, so in Christ all shall live, all shall be made alive. As in Adam all died, so in Christ, all shall be made alive. Romans 5.12 says that, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus uh, uh, the death spread to all men, because, um, because all sinned in Adam all died. In Adam all died, in Christ all live. So you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. You are either in Adam or you are in Christ and everyone who has been born is part of the creation so all human beings are in the created race those who have put their trust in Christ accepted the work finished work of the cross uh, of Christ on the cross and have applied and allowed the holy spirit to apply the the work of the cross into their life accepted their sinness and received the sacrifice of Christ in their lives and put their trust in God. Those people are the called out race. For those he foreknew, Romans chapter 8, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren, Romans 8, 29. And those he foreknew, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. So you see where we are going. We are on our way to glory. But where does it start from? It starts from those he foreknew. So the same people. God foreknew some people and in the process of time he called those people and uh, those he called, he justified and those he justified, he glorified. So the people God foreknew, Christ came to die for them so that they can come to know God in the Appointed time. Now, so Christ. When you read the Bible, we have us and them, right? And Bible says that He appeared before God for us. Christ appeared before God. So in Hebrews chapter three, verse one, it talks about how Christ is our high priest. In Hebrews chapter um, uh, chapter four, verse fourteen, it says that for we have Hebrews four fourteen talks about the high priestly roles, role of Christ as well. He says seeing then that we have a great that's where the great high priest comes in. You know the last time I spoke about great shepherd. Now, great shepherd of the sheep, he at the same time is great high priest. Seeing therefore we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Remember that phrase. He has passed through the heavens. When you read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 10, it talks about he he, he the same Who descended is the same who has ascended high above the heavens. Christ has passed through the heavens. He has ascended high above the heavens. Hallelujah. That he might fill all things in all. So um, who has passed through the heavens? Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Since we have this high priest, he is there for us. He has entered into the presence of God, the presence for us. He has entered there for us. So he said, since we have a high priest. All right. Now, so he mentions that Christ is a high priest in uh, uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 14. And in chapter 6, as I read earlier on verse 20, he says that wherefore the forerunner has entered for us, even Christ. Uh, 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 even Christ, our our high priest, even Christ. So the forerunner is our high priest. Who is Christ? Christ is our forerunner. Christ is our high priest. Hallelujah. That brings joy to the hearts of those of us who know him. He's our high priest. And then in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, the scriptures help us to understand that we have a high priest who is seated in heaven. Mm, This is a good one. Now, this is the main point. (laughs) Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying, the things I'm saying, this is the main point. What's the main point? We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, a minister of the sanctuary, a sanctuary of the truth of so, so we have a high priest who is seated on the right hand of majesty on high. Christ Jesus is our high priest. And this, oh, thank you, Jesus. our high priest is seated. We have a seated high priest He's seated. Normally sitting is in the, it connotes have finished something, but he's seated and still operating from the position of sitting. The reason why he's seated, I'm I'm going to explain in a minute. There's a reason why he's seated, seated on the uh, the right hand of majesty. That's the, the reason why he's seated, but I'll come to that in a minute before. So he's seated. He's our high priest. And when you read, Hebrews chapter seven, verse eleven. It talks about our high priest. Then he introduces a quite a strong word there. Hebrews chapter seven, verse eleven. It says that if perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the law, uh, the people received the law. What further need was there? That another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek. What is the need for another priesthood? Because there's this already existing order which has been endorsed by the law of God. The law God gave them has endorsed, and actually, it was given, it was instituted by the law of God, and it has been working so far. The only thing is that it wasn't perfect. It wasn't doing the job well. <laughs> so, the Old Testament priesthood, which is called the Levitical priesthood, according to the order of Aaron, is Aaron was the first who was appointed a priest. Exodus chapter 28, verse 1. God said to Moses, Say to Aaron, I'll call out Aaron or appoint Aaron, choose Aaron, say to him, I'm calling him into the, use the word office of the priest or the high priest Aaron and his sons and he mentioned the name of his sons so they were called into the office and that was the beginning of the priesthood office all right now the priestly office and from that time forward You must be, first of all, you must be a Levite, a Levite in order to qualify to be in that priestly office. So the Levites were born to occupy the the, that priestly office was by genealogy or by your lineage, by virtue of your family tree. Royal is by blood, by birth so same way the levitical priesthood is by genealogy is that it's by birth you must be a levite and then it comes in your bloodline so god appointed them and anyone in those days to be a priest means you are the one representing the people before god to be a prophet means you are the one representing god before the people so god's spokesperson to the people you go to the people and speak on the behalf of God to the people. Prophet, Moses, prophet, a priest, you go to God and intercede and offer gifts and sacrifices for sin on the behalf of the people. And so God said, nobody should enter this office if you are not born like that, and then you are you have to be called into it. And so Aaron was first. And so this office was instituted by the law. Why must God introduce another one? Why? Why am I? What is that? So watch this. He said, if verse 7 again, sorry, verse 11, chapter 7, verse 11 of Hebrews, if therefore perfection, imperfection, in other words, if it was working the way it should work, perfection whereby the Levitical priesthood, for under, the, uh, under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priesthood should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not by the, by not to be called after the order of Aaron. These are all godly, God-given priestly orders, and they are called orders. So, do we have the Levitical priesthood or the Levitical order and the Melchizedekan order or after the order of Melchizedek and after the order of Aaron? And I showed you that in Exodus chapter 28, verse 1, that Aaron was the first one in this priesthood, Levitical priesthood. Aaron was the first one. So he set the order. So the first one is the one who sets the order. And Melchizedek, but who is this Melchizedek? We only had his name twice in the Old Testament. Suddenly he shows up. He appeared first in the Old Testament. We are going to read in a minute. And then he was actually mentioned in reference to, in reference to Christ in the book of Psalms. And that's all. Then, in Hebrews, Jesus comes and he says that they, he says that there is another priest because the Old Testament priest, the Levitical priesthood, should have been okay. But he said it wasn't perfect. So there's another priesthood that came. It came, another priest that came after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron. Aaron. So two orders. Now listen to the Watch verse 7. Uh, 17 chapter 7 verse 17 of hebrew chapter 7 right mm-hmm. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7, 17 he says that for he testified thou art priest forever after the order of melchizedek so this is was quoted in the psalms psalm 110 that he testified you are a priest after the order of me so in psalm 1 god was still talking about melchizedek referring to Someone coming who is going to declare that you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. (laughs) Chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 6. He says that, as he said also in another place, thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. So you see the same chapter 7, verse 17 and chapter 5, verse 6, saying the quoting from Psalm 10. It's Psalm one ten verse four. So he says that that at the priest after the order of America. Now the, more, the most important point is verse ten and verse eleven. Look at verse ten. He says that talking about Jesus. Let's I think let's read verse nine to make a bit of sense. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. You see, that all not all human beings. To all once you obey him, you are covered. You are covered. Don't don't be worried. Um. So he says that talking about Christ, who obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He has brought this order of Melchizedek again. Christ was called by God as high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Actually, 620 is even there again. 620 says that where, uh, without the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus made an high priest forever. Forever an high priest. He has been made his high priestly Role is forever high priest, so he was made uh, a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the, back to the verse, chapter five, verse ten, said, called, God, God of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Did you see that skip appearing after the order of Melchizedek? After the order, chapter seven, verse eleven, after the order of Melchizedek. Chapter eleven, chapter seven, verse seventeen, after the order of Melchizedek. Chapter five, verse. Um, verse 6, after the order of Melchizedek, chapter 5, verse 10, after the order of Melchizedek, 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 it keeps appearing and appearing and appearing. Now look at this, he said, he was made up, verse 10, court of God, high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things, of whom, talking about Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to alter. The problem is not us, he said the problem is you, the one we are going to tell. We have so much to say about Melchizedek, but it's hard to get into it and explain it. Why? Please explain. Can... He said, no, no, you are dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. What makes them dull of hearing? When they they have a, a, a kind of a, a, a cavalier attitude towards receiving the, towards the things of God. Well, I, I'll do it when I can. And well, it's not a big deal or uh, well, I'll read my Bible when I come. I'll pray when I can, I'll listen to preaching when I can. Just, don't make it my focus. It makes you dull of hearing. And then secondly, when they don't even practice what God has told them, so the things God has showed them and seen in there, they are not putting it into practice. It makes them dull of hearing. So if you, are, you have a kind of um, careless cavalier, tendency towards the things of God towards church towards the word of God towards prayer and if you have a cavalier attitude you are dull of hearing a lot of things cannot be explained to you by the spirit of God it cannot get the, because dull of hearing dull dull of hearing and all of us can fall into that category at any point in time So we all have to watch out by obeying God's word and the little we receive, we work with it and develop, developing a desire to have more, have more of God. You must develop, you must develop a hunger for God. I want you more. I want more of you. Oh Jesus, I want to know more of you. I want to be found in you. I want to understand that your things more, so that 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 is so i so we can't say much about melchizedek doll of hearing. but ma- permit me to let's go to when melchizedek first appeared in the bible so we can have some uh, discussion there <laughs> melchizedek listen to this Hebrews, uh, sorry genesis chapter 14 verse 18 verse 19 verse 20 genesis chapter 14 verse uh, verse 18 19 20 and melchizedek that's the first time he appeared in the bible verse 17 talks about and abraham uh, and the king of Sodom said to uh, uh, sorry, went out to meet him after he returned from the slaughter of Chedaluama, the kings Ched, Ch- Chedaluama and the kings that were with him, and uh, at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And the, look at this. 18. So king of Sodom came and met him and verse 18 says that and Melchizedek who is he king of Salem brought forth hmm, he brought forth bread and wine he brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God. The first priest ever mentioned in the Bible was not Aaron. It was Melchizedek. And it was Abraham who had an encounter with this priest. And he, this priest, as soon as when he met Abraham, he brought out bread, which signifies the word of God is the bread. Jesus is the bread of life. All right. The word of God is our bread. So he brought out, he brought out bread. Where did he bring it out from? He had it with him. You can't teach if you don't have the word with you. Amen. <laughs> he brought out bread and wine, bread and wine. When he met Abraham after Abraham, Abraham's great victory of slaughtering four kids, killing them and delivering lots and recovering the possession of lots, Abraham had great victory. When he was coming, I believe that Abraham's victory was just like the one Joshua had in Exodus chapter 17 when he was fighting in the valley, fighting Amalek, and there was somebody on the mountain who was giving, Mos- who was giving Joshua the victory. Melchizedek. Oh yeah, I'm going somewhere. Melchizedek. When Abraham was fighting, Melchizedek seemed to be aware of what was going on. He was watching. He was watching because he knew what had happened. Watch this. And the Bible says that he met um, Abraham, brought bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. Watch this. He was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him. He blessed Abraham and said, blessing always goes with pronouncements, okay? Bless. Bene. to And said blessed be Abraham of the most high. He was the priest of the most high God. Now he said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. Oh man, God will take care of you. God, God owns the heavens and the earth. Don't fear about your career, about your future, about your your marriage, about your ministry. Pastor, you you are serving God faithfully. Don't be afraid, just stay faithful. God is the possessor of heaven and earth and he will take care of you. Don't fear. Don't be so worried about the future of your children. Raise them in Christ and leave the rest for him. Don't be so worried. God will take care of that boy. God will take care of that that girl. He'll be fine. She'll be fine. Trust your God who you've been serving. Oh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I think Daniel chapter 6, verse 20. Your God, who you serve faithfully, has he he delivered you? He said, oh, you can live forever. My God has done it. Your God will do it. Hallelujah. Amen. So it says that blessed and blessed be Abram, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20, watch this. And and blessed, blessed be the most high God. Did you see most high appearing? So he is the priest of the most high. He said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. And he said, Blessed be the most high God. He's dealing with the God that is above everything. Blessed be the most high God. Because he's so high, he can take care of anything earthly. He can take it, but he requires somebody to stay in the gap. Or stand in the gap. Alright. So Bible says, Blessed be the 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 um. And blessed be the God most high, which was this, this most high God delivered, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave Abraham, and he gave him tithe of all. Abraham gave him tithe. He said, Blessed be the God who has delivered you. No, no, watch this, watch this. The priest came and gave him bread and wine and blessed him. And he said, Blessed be God who has delivered you. He was watching what was going on. And he knew that the victory Abraham got was not by himself, not because of his army, not because of his abilities, not because of his smartness, his intelligence, but the priest knew that God was behind it. And how did he know? Because I am of the opinion that he was interceding for Abraham. Oh yeah. So when Abraham came out of the battle victoriously, he went to meet him and he said, he gave him, he ministered to Abraham. This man, minister to Abraham because he was watching the battle going on, and he was calling on the God most high because he was the priest of the most high God. And he said the most high God gave Abraham the victory because he belonged to the most high. So, the most high God, Abraham who belonged to the most high God, the priest of the most high God was watching the most high God, giving Abraham who belonged to the most high God the victory in the battle. And so when the victory finished, this priest of the Most High God came and said, "Blessed be Abraham," and blessed, gave him bread and wine, blessed him, and said, "Blessed be God who has given you the victory." So that if he said God gave you the victory, he was interceding because for God to give people victory on earth, somebody must be standing in the gap, and that's the job of a priest. He stands in the gap. He stands. So now, what have we discovered about Melchizedek so far? One. He is the king of Salem. Bible says that Melchizedek, king of Salem. Salem means peace, shalom, shalom. So, king of shalom, okay? Jerusalem, God's peace. So, king of Salem, blessed be Abraham. Hey, sorry, uh, sorry. Melchizedek, king of Salem, one. Number two, he gave Abraham, he met Abraham and gave him bread and wine, number two. Number three, he he, he, uh, uh, he blessed Abraham. Number four, and he said, blessed be God uh Mosai, possessor of heaven and the uh, God of Abraham. And then number five, he received the tithe from Abraham. Abraham gave him the tithe. He didn't even collect it. Abraham gave him the tithe. Sometimes it's quite sad when people have not ministered bread and wine, but they start the other way around. Can you bring the tithe? What have you ministered? <laughs> the tithe collector is someone who issues out bread and wine. Tithe collector. <laughs> Alright. So, <laughs> so now let's come back into Hebrews. And then we find out that Jesus appears. And the, the Bible says that Jesus now, he has been made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Remember what Melchizedek, Melchizedek does? Melchizedek doesn't offer sacrifices. No, we didn't see him offering any sacrifice. But Aaron the Levitical priesthood they offer sacrifices according to Hebrews chapter five. Every priest is taken from verse one. Every priest is taken from amongst men and are ordained by uh, unto men to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is supposed to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. How about that? And Hebrews chapter eight verse verse. One, mm-hmm. verse one, it says that. Um, let, let's go to verse three rather. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is necessary that this man, talking about Jesus, this man has somewhat also to offer. He must also because now, this the law requires that. So Jesus also had to to have something to offer melchizedek can order didn't have anything to offer to god but doxology doxology and ministering in a shepherdorial way feeding abraham feeding the people of god feeding them so this high priest is a shepherd high priest Melchizedek was a shepherd high priest because he ministered and he interceded for Abraham and came and met Abraham. So he was doing two things, interceding for Abraham and ministered to Abraham and Abraham ministered the tithe to him and he blessed Abraham. So I noticed that the blessings were on two occasions. He, he met Abraham, gave him bread and wine and blessed him and said, blessed be, when he was blessed this is what he said, said blessed be Abraham of the most high, uh, uh, blessed Abraham of the most high God. So he blessed him. First of all, he gave him bread and wine, and he blessed him. Abraham gave him the tithe, but I realized in Hebrews, which was uh, the uh, Genesis was silent on. In Hebrews, when Abraham gave him the tithe, he blessed him again. He blessed Abraham. So the blessing was before and after his tithing. Now watch this. Um, so Hebrews chapter. Eight says that the priest must have something to offer. So now, just there were two orders of priesthood. One, the Aaronic Order, and then secondly, the uh, Melchizedekan Order. When we talk about orders, I said earlier, it's almost like operating system. Android or iOS. Android or iOS. So if the iOS is the best and it's been working effectively, why do we have to come and replace it with Android? That means the androids will do better. So that's the question he was asking. That if the first one is okay, why do we need, verse verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 7, why do we need another priesthood? The, The answer is simple. Because the first one was not doing the job well. It wasn't perfect. In what way wasn't it perfect? Because it could not take away sins. It was just covering sins, but it could not take away sins. One, it was a natural, earthly thing. It was based on the commandment that was brought on earth. So it was based on an earthly commandment in Hebrews chapter 7 verse um, 15. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 15 says that. And it is yet more evident that, uh, okay, verse 16. Who, Christ, talking about Christ, who was made, not after the law of an, a, a, a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. So he was made a priest, not after the law of a carnal commandment. Now watch this. The, the law, uh, sorry, the the Aaronic priesthood had to, it was weak because it was led by ordinary human beings who also had sin. So, Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 5 verse 2 talks about he, he has to have compassion on the people, seeing that he himself also needed, um, uh, Bible says that, who who have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are, um, on them that are out of the way. For he himself also is compassed with infirmities. He himself also had his own sins. So he had to be merciful on the people because he himself was, was also a sinner. So it was led and pioneered by captains who were sinners. So obviously it wasn't perfect. And every time they have to go and offer something, every time they have to go and offer blood for the sins covering of the sins so according to hebrews chapter 9 they had to continually keep going where the verse 7 hebrews 9 7 says that um um the high priest alone once a year he entered the place not without blood which he offered for himself and for the errors of, of the people so he had to go into the holies of holy once a year to always go and offer blood you can't go without blood because you can't go into the presence of God without blood from human standpoint because human beings were sinful we have fallen short of the glory of God we have all sinned so bible says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus the wages of sin Romans 6:23 so we we can we are we deserve death and blood was required to cover death the death so Every high priest who enters must go with blood. Now, then Jesus comes on the scene. Watch this. The Bible said he must also have something to offer. Because if you're a high priest from amongst men, you must have something to offer. Whether you are coming according to Melchizedek, even though he didn't offer. Now, because of the law, you have to have something to offer. So, what, what did Jesus have something to offer? Yes, sir. What did he have to offer? In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. Let's look at what it says. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 27. Who needed not daily? The word daily is important. Ask those high priests to offer up sacrifices. Okay, you uh, didn't have daily. The, the, the emphasis on they were offering it daily, yearly, and daily. But Jesus didn't have to do that. First, first of all, for his own sins—that's the Old Testament people—for his own. Sins, then for the people. For this, Jesus did once when he offered up. What did he offer? He offered up himself. Hallelujah. Jesus offered up himself once and for all. So when he offered up himself once and for all, he took care of this issue of sin. Yes, that's where I'm going. He took care of this issue of sin. Romans chapter, sorry, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. He says that, um, verse 10 says that, but Christ, verse 10, verse 11, but Christ being come and high priest of good, uh, uh, sorry, of good things to come. By a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. How many times did he enter? He entered there once, having obtained eternal redemption. Chapter 10, verse 12. But, verse, let's go from verse 10, chapter 10, verse 10. But that Uh, But the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. He offered his body. He didn't go with animals. So watch this, watch this, watch this. Please don't miss this. My brother, don't miss this. Watch this. On the cross, when he was dying, he was working. He was operating in the capacity of the Aaronic high priest because he was now offering before God a sacrifice that would be pleasing to God. So, as he hung on the cross, he offered himself as the sacrifice. Hallelujah. So, Jesus Christ offered on the cross, he was offering himself as the sacrifice for sin. That is why John the Baptist, in Matthew chapter uh, John chapter 3, verse 29, when he saw him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away, sorry, John one twenty-nine. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world? The Lamb of God takes away. Is it John one twenty nine, John three twenty nine, one of them. John one twenty nine takes away the sins of the world. He offered Himself. Why? Why once? Because He took it away. He took it away. Oh, Hallelujah! He took it away. So there was no, need, there wasn't any more need for a priest to come and be dealing with sins because somebody came and took their sins away. Took sins. So sin became history, so long as God is concerned. when you come into Christ, sin is history. He doesn't constantly have to. So this high priest doesn't have any longer to be offering sacrifices for sin. Because they were offering sacrifices for sin. But he offered sacrifice for sins once and for all. Please, please bear with me. Watch this. Verse, verse 11. And watch this, verse 11 says that, and every uh, 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 every priest standard daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. So they were doing it. What was it doing? It was covering up the sins so that at least God can be able to deal with them. But it doesn't mean their sins have been taken away. It's like when somebody is taken to court for um, non-payment of whatever you are owing. The person is owing, they take him to court, maybe about to let them a mortgage. They're about to take the mortgage. He said, I can do some payments, payment plan. So the payment plan, they say, okay, we give you uh, this number of months to keep paying. So you start paying. It doesn't mean the debt is gone, but at least you have been let go because you are going to. So God let them go because some blood, some sort of blood was covering it. It wasn't taking it away. But Jesus Christ came and took it. So this priest had to. Always, every time, be, they need more blood. Every day. Every day. And then once a year, they go into the holies of, but only the high priest goes into the holies of holies with blood. He can't go there without blood. With blood for his sins and the sins of the people. A sinner going to beg for the sinners. So he will go and then go and present blood that couldn't take away sins. But watch this. So they were doing it often. That's why they stand, they stood I almost said they stand (laughs) it. He he, he says that every priest standeth daily. That's why Uh, they standeth daily. Everything standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But watch the verse twelve. But this man, this man talking about Jesus, after he had offered one, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever sat down at the right hand so he didn't stand he now he how many times he of sacrifice once he offered one sacrifice for sin forever he sat down at the right hand of god now i tell, I told you i'm going to tell you why he sat down verse so on 110 verse 1 he says that the lord said unto my lord sit down at my right hand until i make thy enemies your footstool. even the scripture jesus quoted it this is one scripture Psalm 10 is the most quoted old testament scripture in the new testament. They made Peter quoted it, Paul quoted it, Jesus quoted it, and here Hebrews is quoting it. So it said the Lord said to my Lord, sit at, sit down at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Watch this. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Watch this. And he says that rule down, say rule, rule. The word rule is important. Rule thou in the midst of your enemy. Who rule, rules? Priests are not meant to rule. It's kings who rule. So kings sit in majesty. So this high priest Jesus, he's not just an ordinary high priest, but he's a king as well. That's why he's had to sit down on the right hand of majesty. He had to sit down, number one. Number two, he has actually finished offering sacrifices. Those who had not finished had to continue offering it, but he had finished, so he had to sit down. This uh, the ironic uh, priesthood had not finished, so every time they had to keep standing and going and coming and going. But Jesus had finished once and for all, so He sat down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. So, if after one sacrifice He sat down, so He sat down because He finished the sacrifices aspect of the priestly role, and two, He sat down because He was now sitting down as a king. He sat down in my. He sat down as a king. It's very important so he sat down as a king and as one who has finished his um priestly role now so he sat down as a king now let's go i've I've been talking about melchizedek so i think it would be good to just pick up on melchizedek again and show you something as i get ready to close because uh, i'm having a very good time in god's word i pray that somebody's eye will be open I pray that God will open your eyes and God will visit you in the name of Jesus Christ. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 1. It will make sense. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, what was he? He was a king. This priest is a king. He's a king and a priest. He had royal priesthood. (laughs) He had royalty and he had the priesthood. The Old Testament priesthood, the Aaronic order of priesthood only was priest. But this Melchizedek order of priesthood is kingly. It's a kingly priesthood, royal priesthood. Watch this. He said, for this Melchizedek, this Melchizedek we are talking about, King of Salem, priest of the most high God. So he was king and peace. And remember, Jesus is the king of a prince of peace. He said Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so I don't, I don't, I can't go into that a bit. I wish I could, but I can't. Um, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and he blessed Abraham. Did you see that? He met Abraham, and he blessed Abraham, and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth of all, first being interpreted, watch this, king of righteousness, and after that, he is the king of Salem. Uh, which is king of peace. So he was king of righteousness. Christ is our righteous, the king of righteousness, actually, in Isaiah 32 verse 1. He's the king of righteousness. And then uh, he, he's the king of peace. So king of righteousness and king of peace. Hallelujah. Without father, without mother, without descent, having the Jesus is Genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, abides priest forever, uh, abides priest continually. So his priesthood does not end. While the other priesthood, because they don't live forever, they die and they have to be changed every now and then. They have to be changed. So when they die, someone will, have, they have, someone will succeed them. Jesus Christ's priesthood doesn't need a successor, it does not need a successor. Because his priesthood is for everlasting, is after the order of Melchizedek. Because the Melchizedekan order of priesthood does not die or does not need a successor, because he abides forever. And now, secondly, the Melchizedekan priesthood is a kingly priesthood, it's a royal priesthood, and that's what he has given us. Is in verse Peter chapter 2, he said, For you are. Uh, uh, uh You are chosen, verse 8, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a royal priesthood. In Revelations 5, 10, you have made us kings and priests to our God. So we are kings and priests. We have the royal priesthood as well. Following Jesus, our forerunner, who has entered into the holies of holies for us. So he says that we have royal priesthood. um, Verse 4. Now, consider how great this man, talking about Melchizedek, how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoil. Abraham paid tithe. Do you know what it means to pay tithe? Paying tithe or giving tithe means that you are bringing yourself in, you are submitting yourself to this person's spiritual audacity and authority. So anyone who pays tithe, anyone we pay tithe or give tithe to is a statement that I submit to your spiritual authority. It's very important. So in the Old Testament, the children of the Levites, Levi, children of Levi, were the ones who were collecting the tithe. Even though they were all sons of Abraham. They all came. They don't. No one was better than anybody. They were all had. They all had uh, same entitlement. God exempted them and gave them elevation. And so, even though they had the same descent, they were authorized to collect tithes. In other words, to be the spiritual guardians over over the people. The one who collects tithes is supposed to be this spiritual guardian. The one who you give tithe to must have the ability to bless you must have the what it takes. It carries some level of spiritual weight to be able to issue blessings. Tithing is not, I was talking to somebody, I said, tithing is not about the need of the one collecting it. But tithing is fundamentally a spiritual that In the, um, Old Testament, the Aaronic tithe, they collected the tithe to take care of the priest and around the, the things of God. But the Melchizedekan order of priesthood, the tithe is not to meet his needs. Is that the tithe is just to enforce a spiritual principle and keep it going? Enforce a spiritual. The Bible says that he blessed Abraham and Abraham gave him the tithe of all. The one who collects the tithe must have this priestly order. I'm not saying must be because we are all, in the New Testament, we are all priests, but spiritually speaking must carry that spiritual audacity to issue blessing, to bless. It's very important. It's very important. And it is a spirit, it's kind of a spiritual transaction which is hinged on faith in God's word. Hallelujah. Natural people can't get it. Get busy practicing God's way. Get busy practicing the insight and it, it will show on you. Now watch this. It says that now consider how great this man was. Who oh, oh sorry unto whom even the patriarch Abraham uh, gave the tenth of the spoil. Even Abraham had to give him tithe. The man, the, the, You give tithe to the one who is higher spiritually. When I say higher, in other carry spiritual authority in a certain capacity. Now watch this. Now consider how great this oh, verse four. I've read it already. Verse 5 says that, and verily, uh, 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 verily, they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the uh, who receive the office of priesthood have a commandment to take tithe of the people according to the law. That is of their brethren, though they came out of the same loins of Abraham, they all came from the Abraham. But now the law has elevated them to be able to collect tithe, because it has given them a certain spiritual audacity and status. He said, "Even they, watch this. But he whose descent is not of, uh, is not counted from them, received tithe of from Abraham, and blessed him who had the promise. Abraham had the promise. He, the one who collected the tithe, blessed him. Talking about Melchizedek." blessed him and without all contradiction the less is blessed of the better that's why he's saying you can't issue blessing to someone who is more blessed than you who is spiritually higher than you you can't just say i'm blessing you what are you going to he said he said It said without contradiction the without verse seven of hebrews chapter seven without all contradiction the less is blessed by the better and here, men who die receive tithe, talking about the ironic one, but there he received them of whom it is witness that he liveth. So Melchizedek had an a, 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 e- e- eternal priesthood. He lived forever. He collected that. Now, quickly, let me, I, I think there's a lot more part in here, but I have to rush and because my time is up. He collected the tithe from Abraham and blessed them. Pastor. Don't go with the for the tithe fest. Go with the pastoral assignment first. Bread. Give bread. Give wine. Give bread. Give wine. Give bread. Give wine. Is the bread in your hands that authorizes you to bless? You. How can you bless if you are not a carrier of bread? <laughs> <laughs> how can you bless if you are not a carrier of bread? Chasing, chasing, chasing. Hey, do this for me. Hey, do this for me. There is no entitlement in titles. What gives us the audacity to be honored as pastors, it is the, our work with God and the word of God in our mouth and our faithfulness to the assignment he has given us. Hallelujah. And so Abraham received bread and wine. Jesus Christ still ministers bread and wine to us through his under shepherds. It stands for communion, but Jesus said communion is still the it's my when he said it's my body, he it means the word. The word must go. He's the bread of life, he's the bread of life. So, in conclusion, I have to Jesus Christ is a high priest. What is he doing in heaven? He is not offering sacrifices for sin because he doesn't need to do that anymore according to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 18 19 it's done once and for all he did one Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 he did it once and for all Hebrews chapter 7 verse 27 he did it once and for all Hebrews chapter 7 verse 26 said we have such a high priest that such a high priest is fitting it's appropriate for us who is without sin holy and he has passed through the heavens you remember i spoke about how he has uh, no uh, uh, is that uh, uh, who is higher than the heavens right he's passed through the heavens this one says he's higher than the heavens our high priest is higher than the heavens who he after he offered himself once and for all went and sat down and so he's now in a position as a king and a priest at the same time a king and a priest. So Jesus Christ also offered something, and what he offered was his—he offered himself, his body and his blood. He presented his blood to the to the throne of God, and that blood is still speaking, and he doesn't have to present blood again. So what is he doing on the throne of grace? The Bible says that um, Hebrews chapter seven verse twenty-five. He says that he ever liveth. Therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost. Watch this—he's able to save. So. Our salvation starts, but it must be completed. And saving to the uttermost is not only your spirit, your spirit, your soul, and your body, and your living. He's in heaven and he's transmitting himself into us. He's in heaven and he's, 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 he's nourishing us, taking care of us, supplying us with the divine life, with grace, with authority, with help, to be able to live the supernatural life on earth that's his job As he sits in heaven, he's interceding for us so that we can all come into glory with him. Not die now, but what I mean is so that our working so those he justified, he also glorified. So our destination is glory and he's working himself into us. That he will present us a holy bride. He will sanctify us. So as he's in heaven, he's operating as all the things I said, a captain of our salvation. He's the forerunner. He's the shepherd. In his high priestly role, he's all these things to us at the same time. He is a shepherd to us at the same time. And so Jesus will take care of you. My sister, Jesus will take care of your family. He will take care of your health. He will take care of your marriage. Trust him. Commit yourself to him. Get busy serving him faithfully, serving him truthfully. Don't be afraid. I know there might be some confusion around you or trouble around you. Troubles will come and go, but he abides forever. Christ abides forever. And Bible said he's interceding for us as we are living our Christian life as we are living our earthly life he is interceding for us transmitting himself into us so we can live the heavenly life on earth watch this in Romans chapter 8 verse 34 it says that it is Christ who died he intercedes for us Romans 834 it says that um, who is he that condemns it is Christ that died yeah rather that is reason. That is reason again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So he's at the right hand of God. What is he doing? He's interceding for us. He's able to save to the uttermost, saying that he ever liveth to intercede, seeing that he ever lived to make intercession, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, he's able to save to the uttermost, saying that sin he ever lived to make intercession for them. So he's making intercession for us. He's sitting, he's not offering sacrifices for our sin. That has been done already. All you have to do is appropriate it. But he's now making intercession for us to be able to run the race, to be able to live the life, to be able to overcome, to be able to persevere, to be able to do well, to be able to live the heavenly life on earth. He's inter- He hasn't left us alone. He's with us. In these times of global pandemic, he's still interceding for us to be able to fulfill our assignment so that when he meets us, he will say well done, that good and faithful seller. So he's interceding on our behalf. But in Romans chapter 8, we just read chapter 8 verse 34 saying that he's interceding for us. But chapter 8 verse 26 of Romans, it also says that likewise the Spirit himself helps us in our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which word cannot utter. so the holy spirit is also making intercession for us so which is which Jesus is making intercession in chapter uh, verse thirty-four. By verse twenty-six, the Holy Spirit is making intercession. So, what does that mean? Jesus is making intercession on the right hand of God. He's in. Where is Christ? He's in heaven, interceding for us. Where is Christ? He's in us, by the, by the as the Holy Spirit, and interceding for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter three, verse. uh, Verse 17, he says, the Lord is the Spirit. Verse 18, he says, from glory to glory, by the Spirit of the Lord. But by the Spirit of the Lord, it also means by by the Lord's Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is the Lord. He is inside us. So, it's like an intercession going on. It's, It's from within us and he's in heaven, so one end is inside us, and the other end of the intercession is up there or in heaven. He's seated that he seated there interceding for us, he's in us interceding on our behalf. So he's praying through us to to God, interceding to God, and he's on the throne, also receiving that intercession and interceding for us. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome with us. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at karis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.